Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Anthony Aniano. Saturday, March 26th, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And if you're listening live, thanks for joining in uh, whenever you tuned in. Or uh, otherwise, if you're on demand on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes, do appreciate you finding the time to listen to the show as uh, as I help you prepare for your fantasy baseball season, which is upon us. We are a week and a day from the opening day, uh, opening night game, a uh, week from tomorrow, week from Sunday. Mets in Kansas City. Everybody else opens up Monday, April 4th, so that should be exciting. The season is here. Springtime is here. Summer's almost here. Time is flying by. I feel like yesterday we were just talking football. So um, two weeks ago, we missed you last week. So two two weeks ago, we took a look at some American League lineups. And we're going to look at the National League lineups today. Quick rundown on what some lineups look like and what some benches look like, some players who could play a role. Really, uh, this show focuses in on the deeper leagues and and the NL-only leagues. Uh, guys who would normally maybe go undrafted in a mixed league, but could provide value uh, throughout over the long haul of a 162-game fantasy baseball season. Feel free to give us a call, 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Chat room is open as well here on Blog Talk Radio, so just jump in on that. And uh, questions and comments and anything else you want to chat about, jump in on the chat room if you're listening live and we could talk all sorts of fun fantasy baseball stuff. Next week, next week we start our weekly previews. Um, either coming at you Saturday or Sunday mornings. Uh, so follow on Twitter, A-N-E-N-O Fantasy. Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. I'll let you know which morning we're airing. Do you think Saturday or Sunday morning? And we'll start the previews. We will, we will look at pitching matchups, two-star pitchers, hot hitters, things like that. Right here on the Aniano show. So let's get rolling. Let's get right into it. And we'll start in the National League. And we'll start with uh, the defending National League champion, New York Met lineup. You know, mixed league-wise, there's Joanna Cespedes. We get it. He's the star. I took him in an NFPC in the third round. He's the star of this team offensively, even though the reality is this team's biggest star is its, uh, is its pitching staff. You know, you've got other players. You look around the infield, you're probably going to have Granderson leading off. Terrific in an OBP league. It's going to hurt your batting average. He's a guy who's going to hit 240, but his on-base percentage is going to be 100 points higher. He's going to give you 340, 350. He's going to provide you some power. He's going to draw you some walks. Terrific in an OBP league in a mixed, obviously, in an NL only. Neil Walker at second base. To me, he is David Wright. If you've been a David Wright fan from a fantasy perspective, then feel comfortable with Neil Walker. Okay, he'll be fine. David Wright. I'm a little concerned with David Wright at third base. He's only going to play, folks, 120, 130 games, and that's if he stays healthy all year. That's the plan. If he's healthy all year, David Wright's going to play 130 games. 
So what happens if he's not? You know, so I am. I cannot draft David Wright as a starting third baseman. I will use him as a corner infielder uh, in a league that utilizes that position. He's ownable in a standard mixed league. Uh, obviously ownable in an NL-only league. I will not spend a lot of money on him in an auction format. He is a corner infielder at this point, fantasy-wise. Tough to know what to expect out of David Wright. You know, 60, 70 RBIs. You hope for 15 home runs, but I wouldn't even shoot that high. He's going to give you a good on-base percentage, decent batting average, but this is not the David Wright. This is, I, I read this recently. He is, if you go back, he is becoming what Don Mattingly became. Don Mattingly at one time was a superb baseball player. His back went on him. Hung around. He was good, useful, uh, but, but by no means the player we thought he was. Uh, we talked about Cespedes. He's a stud. He's 25 to 30 homers, 90 to 100 RBIs. The only downside with him is he's going to struggle. He's going to go into some funks. Lucas Duda at first base. Um, 20, another 25, 30 home runs, but supremely streaky. Uh, he, he, what did he have last year? I believe he had a run where he hit nine homers in 11 days. So uh, you hope Duda's in your lineup. You know, another corner infield type option in a mixed league. Uh, NL only, he'll be fine. Michael Conforto. Conforto's going to be the Mets' starting left fielder most days. Uh, he's going to be a tremendous hitter. I do believe that. Just not yet. 15 home runs this year, 67 the RBIs. Decent batting average, good on-base percentage type of guy. Keep in mind, and now this is where we go a little deeper, keep in mind he's probably going to sit against a tough left-handed pitcher. Juan Lagares of the Mets is sitting on the bench. He's a former gold glover. He's capable with the bat from the right side. So what I see happening here quite a bit, Lagares is going to play center field against a tough lefty. Uh, uh, Cespedes will slide over to left field. Mets will have no problem doing that. Lagares will also come in, like you saw in the postseason last year, for defensive reasons, again, moving Cespedes to left. That is the Mets' best defensive format. Uh, Lagares is usable in an NL-only play. Okay? Keep him in mind in your NL-onlys. Throw a few dollars at Juan Lagares. He's going to give you just enough at-bats to make him worth owning. Travis Darno continues to blossom as a catcher. I expect a nice year out of him. Another for a catcher, 15 homers, 67 the RBIs, more than respectable numbers. As Drew Cabrera at shortstop, he's already out with a knee, but supposedly he's going to come back Monday and start playing for the Mets, uh, get one more week of spring training games in before the season starts. Uh, capable hitter, not great defensively, but uh, another guy, what did he have, 15 home runs last year. He's a capable hitter as Drew Cabrera. So when you look at this Mets lineup, you see hitters who are good. You know, nobody excites you. There's no Bryce Harper. There's no Mike Trout. Okay? But they're useful. They're useful. This is a team, you know, when I look at this lineup, who do I want in a mixed league? I'll take Conforto. I'll take Duda. I'll take Cespedes. I'll take Neil Walker, probably Granderson. Everybody else is an NL-only player. Now, also useful in the NL-onlys. Wilmer Flores, to me, in an NL only is a must-own. He's going to be second-base shortstop eligible to start the season. Eventually, he will be first-base eligible as well, depending on your league format. So there's a guy who hit 19 home runs last year. I don't expect him to hit as many this year. He's not going to get as many at-bats. An injury to anybody in the infield, Neil, uh, 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 to Neil Walker, Cabrera, Wilmer Flores, David Wright. Wilmer Flores is the immediate backup there. So he's going to immediately get at-bats. 
going to spot start every now and then for Duda at first base. If Duda were to get hurt, I don't know if they go to Flores every day at first. His defense would be uh, too detrimental. Okay. Alejandro Diaz is on the bench. He's going to have a hard time finding at bats as the fifth outfielder. He'll be more of a lefty bat off the bench. Okay. So this team, though, NL only wise, there are guys I like. Keep an eye on Lagares. Keep an eye on Flores for those reasons. Diaz a little bit less. Okay, let's move along now. We want to want to get this keep this show moving uh, to their main rivals in the NL East, the Washington Nationals. Okay, we'll go around the home. Wilson Ramos is behind the plate, and I find Wilson Ramos a bit of a uh, he baffles me a little bit. I guess would be the word to use. I've expected big things out of Ramos now for a few years, um, and he really just hasn't delivered. You know, he is what he is at this point. Struck out 20% of the time last year. You know, he finished the season in 2015. He did have 15 homers and 68 RBIs, okay? Struck out 20% of the time, and he only batted 229 with a 258 on-base percentage. He does have power. He had 16 homers in 2013, 11 in 2014, and then the 15 last year. I did expect more, and I certainly didn't expect 229. So it concerns me. He is the catcher. Jose Lobaton is the backup. So Ramos will play four days, five days a week. Okay? Cheap source of power behind the plate. I don't invest heavily in catchers anyway. So because of that, um, but, you know, that there are other options. He's an NL-only option. He's useful behind the plate. But in mixed league, you can find us. First base, Ryan Zimmerman. All right, Zimmerman will be at first. You know he's always injured. You know it. Again, Ryan Zimmerman, to me, is the the Nationals' version of David Wright. He's going to be banged up. He's going to be nicked up. He'll give you decent numbers when he plays, but he's no longer the player he once was. He's just not. Okay? Uh, The days of Ryan Zimmerman being an elite fantasy player are long gone. I won't invest heavy in him. I won't probably invest him in at all. He's now first baseman. Okay? I mean, I remember in his heyday, 2009, you're talking about 33 homers, over 100 RBIs. Those days are long over. Last season, what was it? 16 homers, 73 RBIs, and a 249 average. Okay? He's going to spend time on the DL. So, therefore, that now, now you look at the depth charts in Washington, and you've got players uh, like Clint Robinson and Tyler Moore. Clint Robinson's the immediate backup there. Okay, he did get some playing time last year when Zimmerman was out. 30 years old, already not a prospect at all. But in an NL-only format, okay, there's a guy who in the minor leagues uh, for Kansas City was a 20-home run guy. Last season in 126 games, he hit 10 homers, drove in 34, and batted 272. So he's hit everywhere he's gone along the way. All right, so again, an NL-only depth play. Uh, somebody who can be useful when the eventual injury to to Ryan Zimmerman comes down the pike. Daniel Murphy will play second base. You know what he is. He's a 290 hitter, give you 10 home runs, 12 home runs. Don't fall in love with his postseason. That's why the Mets didn't bring him back. Shortstop's interesting, ongoing battle. You've got Trey Turner, who's the best prospect they have in the infield. He will eventually be the shortstop. Danny Espinosa is probably best suited to be a, a utility middle infielder. And then they brought in Stephen Drew, who's had a terrific spring, but stop. It's Stephen Drew. Don't buy into the hype. Okay, Espinosa's useful in, a, in, a, uh, in an NL only. 
Trey Turner is the guy to own long-term at shortstop. Nobody really enticing me in a mixed league this year, though, at that position. Third base, Anthony Rendon. I got him in the NFBC draft I did last week, and I'm excited about it. Lost season for him last year uh, due to injury, but 2014, two years ago, he was knocking on the door of being an elite play. He went very early in drafts last year coming off of it. Um, He had 21 home runs two years ago, and that's what I'm basing things on. I'm assuming uh, Anthony Rendon goes back to health, and back to health means a 287 batting average with a 351 OBP. 21 homers, over 100 runs scored, 83 RBIs, 17 stolen bases two years ago. Last season was a lost season for him. Um, he still put up the 344 OBP, but he only had 355 plate appearances. So what do I expect? I expect the return to norm for Anthony Rendon. He's still a young kid. Uh, he's going to bat in that lineup, which is, hey, if Bryce Harper's in your lineup, it's a good lineup. All right, that, That's the bottom line for me. Go all in on Rendon. Like him this year. I'm willing to spend on him. Should be second base and third base eligible, which is nice as well. In the outfield, Nationals go Jason Worth, Ben Revere, Bryce Harper. I'm not even going to waste your time talking about Bryce Harper. He's the first, second, or third pick in the draft, depending on how it goes. Jason Worth, like uh, um, the first baseman there, like... um, as I'm drawing a complete blank here on a name, my goodness. Like Zimmerman, um, always hurt. Can't be trusted. Huge, huge wasted contract in Washington. Jason Worth for an NL-only format. Draw you a few walks. Give you an OBP if that's the type of format you use. The power numbers aren't there anymore. The batting average isn't there anymore. This is a guy who made his money playing in that minor league, you know, short porch in Philadelphia. So don't go after Jason Wirtz. Stay clear. Ben Revere, though, for what he is, Ben Revere has value. He's going to hit you 300. He's going to give you a decent OBP, and he's going to steer your bases and, and score some runs. All right? That's what Ben Revere does. And, and value that however you need to in your draft, in your auction. Now, to me, there are other options in a mixed league that you could probably get cheaper than Ben Revere. I keep talking about Jared Dyson of the Kansas City Royals who can provide a little bit of a cheaper option and similar numbers. But what Revere does last season, he had 306 for two teams, uh, 342 OBP, 31 stolen bases, 84 runs scored. 2014 with Philly, 306, 325 OBP, 49 steals, 71 runs scored. The the stolen bases are there. I mean, look, look at the consistency. 2013, he hit 305. Last two seasons, he hit 306. OBP has been at least over 325 each of the last four years. So that's what Ben Revere is. In a batting average league, he's good. In an OBP league, he's better. Gives you some steals, gives you some run scores scored. He'll be batting at the top of that Nationals lineup, so that shouldn't slow down. Keep an eye on Michael Taylor. Eventually, Jason Worth will get hurt. Michael Taylor will be the guy who steps in as the fourth outfielder. He played a lot last year. Um... Okay, he had 14 homers and I believe 16 stolen bases last season. I mean, uh, 16 steals, 14 homers. He had 229, 282 OBP, which has some needs some work, obviously. But he's giving you the double double home run, stolen bases. Useful in an NL only to start. Potentially useful in a deeper mixed league when Jason Worth goes down or if Worth struggles. 
I'm confident Michael Taylor will get plenty of at-bats this year. Young kid, all right, 25 years old, plenty of playing time available for Michael Taylor. Uh, if I'm in an NL-only type of draft, an NL-only auction, if I get Michael Taylor for 2 $3, I'll be very, very happy. That's for sure. Okay, staying in the National League East, let's move along now to the Miami Marlins. Uh, and what I think is one of the best young outfields in baseball. JT Realmuto is behind the plate. He had a nice little rookie season. I actually had him in my NL only last year, and he did a nice job for me. And he provides you that little bit of speed uh, that could be sneaky behind the plate. And, and it's an interesting, you know, last season, he stole me eight bases and hit 10 home runs as a catcher and hit 259. I had no problem with the production. This is a guy who 2014 in double A stole 18 bases. A catcher who could give you a double-double, I'm not against Real Muto. Uh, If you're like me and don't want to invest behind the plate, I'm okay with that. Justin Bohr is at first base. Cheap source of power there, 20-something homers maybe. Uh, Not much in the mix. Maybe a corner infielder. Don't mind him as much in an NL only. D. Gordon is an all-star. He's a second-round pick. He's going to hit you 300. He's going to give you a good OBP, and he's going to steal you 50 bases. He is what everybody hoped Billy Hamilton would have been. Uh, and and I, I'm terrific second-base option, a top, top-tier second baseman. Echeverria at shortstop, a better baseball player than fantasy player. Low OBP, low batting average, doesn't provide much power. He's an NL only at short. Martin Prado, an NL only third baseman. Uh, you know, Prado's value used to lie when he was multi-positional uh, availability, second base, third base, outfield. So check your formats. If he does provide that, maybe you'll take a look at him in a mixed league. The outfield. John Carlos Stanton, not going to spend time on it. And do not, I've had this debate a few times in the last week or two. Oh, he's so injury prone. John Carlos Stanton has missed time each of the last two years because he's gotten hit by a pitch. That's not injury prone. That's not David Wright with his back. Or, or Jose Reyes with a hamstring. Get hit by a pitch, you break a bone. It's a fluky thing. I'm not worried about Stanton. He was my number one pick in an NFBC. So I like John Carlos Stanton. Take him in the first round, feel comfortable with that, and, uh, and, and don't worry as much. If he gets hit by a pitch and breaks his hand, you know, what are you going to do? Christian Yelich is in the outfield. Um, Eventually, Christian Yelich will be a tremendous, tremendous hitter. I expect him to take a nice, big step this year. Two years from now is when I expect truly great things. All right, but he, he does, he's teased the 2020 power, but it hasn't delivered yet. But he's a future batting champion by many accounts, uh, playing left field in Miami. Okay, last season, only played in 126 games, so that was an issue. Okay. But he's a two last season. He finished the year hitting 300. Two seasons ago, 284. Two years in a row with a 360 on base percentage, though. That's nice value. Uh, NL only. He's going to steal you some bases. Last season, 16. The year before, 21. Christian Yelich is going to get better and better and better for the next couple of years. Uh, so don't be late on him. Don't miss him. Marcelo Zunas looks like he's lost a ton of weight. He's going to play center field for the Marlins. Uh, he's got some pop. Last season was a lost season for him. If you remember, he was sent down to the minor leagues, uh, came back. Has power, middle of the lineup approach, still only 25 years old. NL only, I like him a lot. 
mixed league. He's a backup right now with potential to get better as the year goes on. So I don't mind Marcel Ozuna uh, in Miami either. So so that outfield I love. I just love that outfield. I want I want Stock and Yelich. I obviously want John Carlos Stanton. So these are guys I'm in on Ichiro, the ageless Ichiro. Uh, he's performing as the fourth outfielder there. He'll steal some at bats. Um, you know, along the infield, they brought in Chris Johnson to be a backup in the infield, primarily at third base for Martin Prado. Derek Dietrich is there. Chris Johnson's also going to get some at bats at first base. Not much depth on this team, uh, which could hurt them uh, as the season goes on. But, uh, you know, invest in the outfield. D. Gordon, there's some players here. Uh, Boar's an NL-only starter. Uh, Hecavaria's an NL-only. Prado's an NL-only type of player. The Atlanta Braves, a team clearly rebuilding. Behind the plate, you got Przinsky, NL-only option. Freddie Freeman, terrific ball player at first base. He may get a little lost this year without much support around him. But, uh, you know, he was hurt last season. He was banged up, but he's a 20-homer guy who can hit 300. Invest in Freddie Freeman. Nick Swisher will be his primary backup at first base. Kelly Johnson is also there, providing depth around the infield. At second base, you've got Jace Peterson. Shortstop Eric Ibar, nothing to get overly excited about. Uh, Eric Ibar is clearly just a placeholder. Till the phenom Dansby Swanson comes up, he can hit this kid. Dynasty leagues, he's probably already owned. Uh, Peterson was a take from the Justin Upton trade. Hit 239, 314 OBP. He stole your 12 bases. Not much to get excited about there. NL only option. Maybe you hope for some upside on Jace Peterson, but I could find better options at second base. Really, with this Braves team, you're looking at in the future type of situations. Adonis Garcia will play third base. Again, another NL only option. I'm willing to take a flyer on Hector Oliveira out of Cuba. Uh, he's going to play left field. His defense is going to be questionable, but he's got a good bat. Ender Inciate is in center, and then Nick Markakis is in right. This is not an outfield that you're going to have invest much in in a mixed league, maybe Oliveira. Everybody else is an NL only play. Inciate maybe steal you some bases. Michael Bourne, Nick Swisher are your backups in the outfield. Not too much to get overly excited about, though. However, that's for sure. In Philadelphia, another team that is clearly rebuilding. And, again, you know, th- th- this is a team with their best players still coming up through the system. Cameron Rupp is behind the plate. Ryan Howard, because of his contract, is playing first base. <sighs> again, I even, ha- I even hesitate to draft him in an NL-only format because of, you know, his power. That's about all he offers you. He can hit a lefty. Darren Ruff is going to get significant at-bats. I took Ruff and Cody Ash. Cody Ashey, uh, in, in late in my in my NFBC draft because of the value they potentially could have. Uh, Ashey is dealing right now with an oblique. Cesar Hernandez plays second base. He could steal you some bases, give you a decent on-base percentage, do a few things. I don't mind Cesar Hernandez at second base. Oh, shout-out to my friend Bob Long, who has Cesar in his league, and he and I have gone back and forth on him. Um, Cesar Hernandez's job is safe. Freddie Galvis is a stopgap at, at shortstop until J.P. Crawford arrives. I expect Crawford to arrive this year, uh, moving Galvis into a super utility role, playing a little second, playing a little short. 
Michael Franco is the is the offensive piece you want here in Philadelphia in a mixed league. Uh, he's a starting third baseman fantasy-wise. He's going to be solid. He's not even 24 years old yet. Last season was having a terrific year before he got injured towards the end, and the Phillies shut him down. Okay, he's hit everywhere he's gone. So last season, uh, in 80 games, 14 homers, 50 RBIs, 280 with a 343 OBP. 15.5% strikeout rate is not terrible for a young kid. So Michael Franco, invest in him, mixed, spend on him in an auction, NL only, whatever it may be. Outfield situation is interesting. Right now, Peter Borjos is slated to play left field. Uh, Adubal Herrera in center and Darren Ruff in right. Cody Ashey will be a backup again all over the place. Not much to get excited about in mixed league. These are some NL-only options at best, and uh, nobody that I'm going to get too, too excited over, that's for sure. Okay? So that's the NL East, folks. We ran through it quick. Uh, just for the sake of time, I don't want to keep you guys on here all morning. I know people have things to do. Let's slide over to the National League Central, and we will start with the best team, without a doubt, in that division, and the best team that some people say is in the entire National League, and that's the Chicago Cubs. Okay, the Chicago Cubs are stacked. When George Solaire is your number four outfielder, that tells you something about the depth on this Cubs team. I've talked about this team because they're filled with first-round picks. They are filled with first-round picks in Chicago from a fantasy perspective. You have at first base Anthony Rizzo, who I will gladly grab in the first round. Chris Bryant at third base, another player I would take in the first round. Dexter Fowler in center field, Hayward in right, and Schwaber primarily in left. These are all mixed league options. Ben Zobris, Addison Russell, Miguel Montero. There is not a player here on this Cubs team that I would not invest in in a mixed league. Their bench is deep. It has power. And that's where the NL only value comes in. Javier Baez is going to play all over. Second base, shortstop. He'll play some outfield. George Soler. I I expect Soler to eventually be traded. Okay. In the meanwhile, he's their fourth outfielder. You'll see him come in potentially. Schwaber is terrible defensively. That could cost him some at-bats. So Soler will be there. Tommy Lestella will be there on the bench. NL only, I like Baez and I like Soler. They're both solid plays uh, in an NL only. Okay. Uh, Addison Russell at shortstop has to cut down on the strikeouts, improve the walk rate. But uh, he's a future star in this league at the shortstop position, okay? Uh, This is a good team. You know, I could go on and on, but we know this already about this team. This is a super good team that provides you fantasy options all around the diamond, okay? St. Louis Cardinals, I've always said, the premier organization in baseball. And when you look at what this team has been able to do, continue to compete year after year after year, while rebuilding with younger players. It's it's impressive. You know, this year, who are the players to talk about? It's Piscotty and Grychuk, their new right fielder and center fielder. Okay, Grychuk has terrific power. I expect a 20-home run season out of him. 
Piscotti's going to give you 15 to 20 home runs. I'm in on both of those guys. They also have a young outfielder, Tommy Pham. Expect him to get at-bats. He's a nice NL-only option. Don't be shocked if he plays some left field and Matt Holiday, as he gets older, plays first base. Holiday's on this week. He'll play better at first. Matt Adams, uh, Brandon Moss in the infield, that could be some issues. Neither one of them has done much this spring. Adams is disappointed. People expected big things. So another team with a good bench for NL-only purposes. Jajorko is there to play second base shortstop. The price squeezing at third for Matt Carpenter if needed. They've brought in Ruben Tejada to play shortstop right now. Um, so that's where he'll be. He'll be at short until Johnny Peralta comes back. Colton Wong at second base, still young, room to improve. He'll continue to get better and better and better. This is a terrific lineup. You know, be aware of Matt Carpenter. Don't expect the 28 home runs again like he gave you last year, but on-base percentage machine and just a good, good hitter. Yadi Molina is on the last legs. You know, I'd rather invest in some of the younger catches, a Travis Darno, someone like that, over Yadi Molina. I don't know how much he has left. He's missed time every year. I think he had two thumb surgeries, so it could be a tough year for him. He's still a veteran. Like I say, maybe a better baseball player than fantasy player at this point in his career. We continue moving in the NL Central with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And there's all sorts of changes happening here. You're hearing rumors now of Andrew McCutcheon moving up in the lineup. You know, Andrew McCutcheon, I've seen him slide out of the first round in fantasy drafts um, and into the second round, which is at this point a steal. So still a guy who could drive in 100 and hit 25 homers and hit 300. He can give you 10 to 15 stolen bases. Okay? Great outfield. Uh, with Starling Mate in left, McCutcheon in center, and Gregory Polanco in right. Polanco struggled at times as a rookie, but he was a top prospect. Um, he has the potential to be a terrific ball player, but at this point, even in a mixed league, he's going to provide you tremendous power, uh, uh, stolen base ability. He's going to hit 10 to 15 homers, and he should be able to steal you 30 bases with, without much difficulty. So I like Polanco. McCutcheon is an all-star. And Starling Marte is a terrific player as well. Okay, 2020 type of guy in Marte. These are all mixed league options without a doubt. Feel comfortable going with them. Uh, Jung-Hoo Kang is going to play third base when he comes back from the knee injury. He had a nice power season last year. What, he hit 15, 16 home runs for the Pirates last year. Um, sneaky play, nice corner infield option. Again, I'll go back to players I've referenced. If you're looking for a corner infielder, don't take the Zimmermans. Don't take the David Wrights, even though they're the bigger name. We know they're the bigger name, and that's fine, but, but Kang's the better player at this point. There's just no way around that. Kang is, without a doubt, the better player and the better option. Okay? So, so as a corner infield option, as a deep mixed league option – in the infield, uh, feel comfortable going with him uh, in that type of role. Okay, Josh Harrison will play second base. Uh, Josh Harrison's best value was two years ago when he was a utility player, jack-of-all-trade type of guy. He's not that anymore. He's being pigeonholed into second base. It's going to be interesting to see how his numbers translate uh, for the Pirates there in that type of situation. Okay, shortstop in Pittsburgh, 
Okay, Jordy Mercer is still there. Players like that, not much love. These are NL-only guys at the shortstop position for Pittsburgh. Uh, I like Cervelli behind the plate. He's going to hit 300, in my opinion, 290, 300. Took him as one of my two catchers in the NFBC. Okay, David Fries is on this team as a backup corner infielder. He's probably going to play some third base to start the season while Kang is still out. Uh, and then at that point, he'll move into a utility role because the Pirates, truthfully, don't really have a first baseman right now. They have Freeze, they have John Jaso, and they have Michael Morse. Okay, Jaso right now is the primary guy. The Pirates have been batting him leadoff as well in the spring. Uh, he's got a terrific on-base percentage guy, Jaso, 350 usually, 340, 350, 360. Eventually, the rookie, the, he's in the minors now, Josh Bell will come up, and he'll get some at-bats at first base if the Pirates need it. Okay, so I actually took Jaso as a utility player in the NFBC. Uh, because of how deep that league is. He's an NL-only sneaky play, especially for that OBP format. Um, so feel good about taking him there. And that's really the Pirates situation. Matt Joyce is their fourth outfielder. If somebody goes down, he could provide some value in the outfield. Chris Stewart is the backup catcher for Pittsburgh. Um, a lot of mixed league options there, like the Cardinals and like the Cubs. A lot of mixed league options some decent depth with Morrison Freeze um, on the bench. So feel good about taking a couple of these guys as the season goes on. Okay. We stay in the NL Central. We'll take a look at Milwaukee. And here's where the cliff falls off in the Central. My goodness, right? The Cubs, the Cardinals, the Pirates, and then the Brewers and the Reds. Okay. Luke Roy's behind the plate. You hope he returns to health. If he does, <clears throat> he's one of the top five catchers in baseball. He can rake. We know that. The Brewers have sold their soul at first base, and they've added Chris Carter. We know what Chris Carter is. When he gets on a hot streak, he's going to hit the ball a country mile, I think the cliche goes. But when he's not hitting it a mile, he's going to strike out a ton. Okay, So Chris Carter last season hit 24 homers, struck out 33% of the time, and had a 199 batting average. The year before in Houston in 2014, did hit 37 homers. Struck out 32% of the time and batted 227. He hasn't batted above 220 since 2012 with the A's, and that was only 67 uh, games. He hit 239. Okay? We know he's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's going to strike out uh, a ridiculous amount. Okay? I would probably, in an NL only, maybe for a dollar or two, but he's going to kill me. And, and you know what? I would only bid the dollar or two is if I was so depleted of power that I was desperate. I'd have to be desperate to pay money for Chris Carter. I really would. Just the, the other numbers are just such a killer. Scooter Kinnett, Aaron Hill at second base. <clears throat> going to be a platoon situation there. Those are NL-only players. Jonathan Villar at shortstop. He's going to start the season at shortstop. Orlando Arcia, he's their best prospect. He will be up playing short. In the meanwhile, Villar could be a cheap source of stolen bases, but He's not going to hold the job long. There's no reason to. Um, Arcea will be up, and he'll be taking over at short. Third base, you got Aaron Hill involved. You've got Will Middlebrooks involved. This is just not a good team. NL only at best, guys, um, is what you're looking at. Ryan Braun is in left. You know, Ryan Braun, for all his naysayers, and I've been a naysayer because he's not the MVP that the the steroids uh, – turned him into, you know, in his elite years of 2011, 2012, did play last season, 
did play in 140 games, got 560. He's got two years in a row of over 560 plate appearances. Last season, he hit 25 homers, drove in 84 runs, and stole 24 bases and hit 285. Okay? So, yes, he's not what he was from 2009 to 2011 or so, but he's still a good ball player. He could still hit. Uh, he's got a back, and that's scary. You know, the, the back is scary. He, to me, is more injury-prone than, say, a John Carlos Stanton because uh, the back is a scary thing. All right, uh, Domingo Santana is going to play right field for the Brewers this year. Young kid, 23, not even 24 years old. They got him from Houston in the Carlos Gomez trade. All right, they're going to give him an opportunity to play. Now, last season, between the two teams, he did hit eight home runs. All right, struck out 34% of the time, however, and hit 238. In the minors, in A-ball, in double-A, he's hit 23 and 25 homers. Strikeout rate, though, has always been high. Batting average is questionable with that high K rate. So be wary of Domingo Santana. He's going to strike out a lot. In center field right now, you have young kid Keon Broxton. He's going to play center field. They wanted Reimer Liriano to take over in center field. He took the fastball to the face this spring. And... uh, He's going to be out for a while. Broke some bones in his face. Broxton's 26 years old. Last season in the minors for the Pittsburgh Pirates system, he had 10 home runs and stole 40 bases, okay, uh, combined last season between AA and AAA. So he had a very nice minor league season. He's going to be given the first crack. He's never really had big league experience. Last season he played in seven games, had two plate appearances for the Pirates. So they are going to give him. Now he's run everywhere he's gone in the minor leagues. Four different, 2011, over 30 steals. 2012, over 20. 2013, he only had five. 2014, though, he had 25. Uh, my goodness, no, I'm sorry, I'm adding wrong. Between double A and triple A, he had over 40. So, so Broxton can run. Keep an eye on him. And not only, he could be a sneaky, cheap source of stolen bases if he hits enough to, uh, to play every day and get on base. He could be useful. Uh, you know, like that, that last round, that $1 bid, I need some speed. There he is. Next thing you know, you're walking away with 25, 30 steals for a dollar and, and, and a decent batting average potentially. Sure, he's worth it. Not much in the power department, 10 homers in the minors. Not going to translate to much here in the big leagues. So, uh, But keep an eye on Broxton, at least until Liriano comes back. Uh, Broxton will have an opportunity to prove himself as an everyday ball player. Cincinnati Reds, um, another team that is clearly rebuilding. Okay? Mezorosco is behind the plate. Two years ago, he was terrific. Last season's injury definitely slowed him down. Uh, and, you know, the Reds mismanaged that last year. He had a hip. They didn't want to DL him at first. He was rotting on the bench. And, and finally, they decided, yeah, we have to DL him. Okay? He was only he only had 51 plate appearances. So really, what you're doing with Mezarosco is you're ba- basing it on two years ago. And two years ago, it was 25 homers, 80 RBIs, a 273 batting average, a 359 OBP. So from a, those are elite, elite catcher numbers. Those are Buster Posey like catcher numbers for Mezarosco in 2014, and that's in 440 plate appearances. Last season's a wash. It's a complete wash. So what do you do with Mezorosco? If the Reds say he's healthy, you invest. You invest. I put him up there with 
in that top tier of catcher. Okay, Pote's is number one, but the Lou Croys, um, the Mezzaroscos, Schwabers, things like that. I'll take a flyer on him as long as he's healthy, and it looks like he is. Mezzaroscos, a, a, a top flight catcher. Joey Votto at first base, not much of a lineup around him, but Votto had a terrific, terrific rebound season last year. He's a top five, top six first baseman, uh, obviously a mixed league play. Brandon Phillips at second base, still useful in a mixed league. Like him a lot more in an NL only. Now, remember, Marlins tried to trade for him this offseason. He turned down the trade. He refused to waive his no-trade close. He still runs, I believe, last year. What did he end up with? Um, he had 23 steals last year. He's 34 years old. So whether he'll still continue to run is a little tricky to predict. I would say no. But he's still a guy who could give you you know, double-digit home runs and 15 stolen bases. Not bad for that position. Jose Peraza, they picked up in a trade. That's who they want to be, their second baseman. But as long as Phillip is there, that'll be tough. Kozar, that shortstop, was having a nice season until he blew out his knee. He's an NL-only option at that position. And Eugenio Suarez at third base. He'll take over for Frazier. He showed some pop last year filling in for Kozart. So they'll move him over to third base. Really, he plays better as a shortstop uh, for fantasy purposes with his uh, 15 home run potential. In the outfield, Scott Schebler, I'm sorry, stuttering over my words, will be the left fielder. Not much is expected. He was a former 26th uh, round pick. Okay, does have power. He's hit 55 home runs in 2013 and 2014 in the minor leagues for the Dodgers. 2013, he hit 27. 2014, he hit 33. Um, Last season in AAA, he hit 13, uh, hit 240. Got a cup of coffee with the Dodgers last year, 40 plate appearances. He's going to strike out a ton, but he does have power potential. But you know, not for nothing, you've seen that about Dodger minor leaguers through history. Guys with power potential doesn't necessarily translate to the bigs. Got young kids like Jesse Winker, Adam Duvall backing it up. Billy Hamilton's in center field. Somebody's going to invest in him and hope for 80 steals. The truth is, though, the on-base percentage of the batting average is a killer. Until those go up, he won't be the force people hoped he would be. Jay Bruce needs a rebound season in right field. The best-case scenario for Jay Bruce, in my opinion, is a change of scenery and, uh, and a return to power. Still going to hit you 25 home runs, but the batting average is just so perpetually low. You know, projections have him going this year. Uh, Jay Bruce with a 240 average and a 309 OBP. Uh, maybe if that average could get over 250 with his power potential, you could survive. That's for sure with that. All right, let's roll along now to the NL West, uh, which is going to be a nice little division this year. Uh, Giants have rebuilt. Arizona has rebuilt. The Dodgers are still the Dodgers. And then you have the Padres and the Rockies filling it out. We'll start with the Dodgers. Uh, Andre Ethia broken tibia. He's going to be out 10 to 14 weeks, so keep that in mind. You've got Yasmani Grandal behind the plate. Uh, right now he's dealing with a little bit of a forearm. He showed some nice pop last year. A.J. Ellis is still there in a in – not a, I don't want to call it a platoon, but Ellis does get some at-bats. Uh, Grandal is the number one guy. He's a nice little NL-only play. If he gets hurt, Ellis will play. Ellis not much of a hitter. Grandel did hit 16 home runs with a 353 OBP. Batted only 234, though. 
OBP, he's a useful catcher. I don't mind him in an NL-only OBP format. Uh, give you double-digit homers and a good on-base percentage, you'll, you'll be happy with it. Adrian Gonzalez is still a very good hitter, mixed-league option starting first baseman. Scott Van Slyke is the primary backup. I had Scott Van Slyke in an NL-only last year, and he was useful. He did get out on the field. He's got a hip, okay? But he was useful, uh, terrific hitter against lefties, so he's going to get at bats from the right side in, in against a tough lefty, making him useful. They brought back Howie Kendrick to play second base. Um, as underrated as hitter as you can, chalk it up. He's going he's gonna to hit you that 290 like he hits you every single year. I mean, if there's one thing to say about Howie Kendrick, he is consistent to a fault. Okay, when you look at his numbers over the last couple of years, Howie Kendrick, last season, batted 295. 2014, he hit 293. In 2013, he hit 297. 287, 285. The guy hits 280, a minimum every year. 290 is the norm. Gives you, you know, 8 to 10 home runs and 50 to 60 RBIs. NL only, that's terrific value. Uh, and mixed league, if you decide to wait on second baseman super late, you'll be able to get Howie Kendrick. You put him in there, he's not going to slump mightily. He's not going to hurt. He's not going to win you anything, but he's not going to hurt you either. Okay, Chase Utley is the main backup there, as is Kiki Hernandez. I love Kiki Hernandez in, a, in an NL only. Um, he could play second base as a backup to Kendrick. He could play shortstop as the backup to Seager. In a pinch, he could play third base as the backup to Justin Turner. I know Chase Utley is there as well. Okay, Hernandez can also play center field, where he did quite a bit down the stretch with Jacques Peterson doing nothing. Okay. If Corey Seager doesn't open up because of the knee, if he's not ready to open the, for opening day, Kiki Hernandez is slated to be the everyday shorts, the opening day shortstop. He's not even 25 years old. And you look at his numbers last year. There's a guy who hit 307 with a 346 OVP, gave you seven homers and 24 runs scored. He's a good little hitter. He's hit 300 on multiple stops along the way in the minor leagues. And second, short, third, outfield. I've got him in my NFBC. He's going to be useful uh, as this Dodger team is not that young. They've got bang. They've already lost Ethier. Kendrick isn't a young guy. Uh, uh, You've got Puig in right field who gets nicked up. You've got Crawford in left field who's always injured. Turner coming off an injury at third base, coming off surgery. So, so you know, he's going to have a value. I like Kiki Hernandez. Grab him invest in him in an NL only. Right now in the outfield with Ethier out, you've got Carl Crawford in left, an NL only option. Puig in right. What do you do about Puig? You're going to draft him and hope for better. That's what you're going to do. Okay? And Jock Peterson, you know, everybody loved him, 30-30 potential, and then he forgot how to hit in the second half. There's just no way around it. Uh, again, you're going you're to invest in him and hope for better in a mixed league. But I can't count on these guys. I, maybe I could put Puig in my top three outfielders. I can't do the same for Jock Peterson. I just can't. Okay? Keep an eye, though, on Van Slyke in an NL only, Kiki Hernandez, even Alex Guerrero to a lesser extent. Dodgers have some depth that could be useful. Chase Utley, I don't expect much out of him. I like him a little bit less than the rest. San Francisco Giants overhauled the pitching staff, we know, adding Zamaja and Sueda. Okay, Buster Posey's going to catch primarily. 
They got Susek as the backup. He's a pretty good ball player as well. But Posey's the primary guy. Brandon Belt continues to get better and better every year at first base. Um, he's an NL-only first baseman. He's a mixed-league corner infielder in most cases. Um, that's where I have him in my NFBC. But you know what? He consistently now puts up good numbers. Last season, 18 homers. Uh, 2014, remember, he was injured. So 2013, he had 17 homers, 67 RBIs. Last season, 18 homers, 68 RBIs. He bats 280, gives you a good on-base percentage. That's what Brandon Belt is. He's a good hitter. He's very Eric Hosmer-like from the National League side. I I don't mind Belt. I think he'll be fine. NL only, he's a starting first baseman. Joe Panic will play second base. Terrific OBP guy. A typical better baseball player than fantasy baseball option. He hit over 300 last year, though, Panic did. And, um, you know... Hit eight homers, stole three bases, not much. He doesn't strike out, 9.7% K rate. 378, though, OBP last year is tremendous in 100 games with a 312 batting average. Brandon Crawford made some adjustments, became a top-flight hitting shortstop to go along with his tremendous defense. They put him in a position where they can he can hit in the middle of the lineup, expect him to bat sixth and be able to drive in some runs, 70-plus RBIs, 20-plus home runs, doable, doable for Brandon Crawford as a mixed-league shortstop. Matt Duffy will play third base, uh, bat probably in the two-hole. There's a guy who can maybe give you a double-double, 10 homers, 10 steals, and a 270 batting average. Useful, very useful in the NL-only format. Left field is going to be a work in progress. you got guys like Angel Pagan, Gregor Blanco uh, in, in left field. Going to be interesting, though, if they bring up the prospect Mac, Mac Williamson, to play left field. NL only, if you get Mac Williamson for a dollar and Storm, do it. He could eventually take over there. He does provide some pop. And he'll be a cheap source of power for the Giants to add as the season goes on. Denard Span is in center. Uh, like Ben Revere, he's going to give you good batting average, good on-base percentage, steal you some runs, score you some runs, and steal you some bases. Um, you know, he is coming off that hip surgery, which could be a uh, concern. But you know what? The Giants weren't concerned. Uh, Last season he was injured. He still stole 11 bases. 2014, stole 31. So uh, he'll bat leadoff. You got Hunter Pence, another guy who was banged up all season last year. Um, But he's, he's, you know, Hunter Pence is a 90 RBI guy. He's a 90 RBI, 20 home run type of guy. He'll be fine uh, for the Giants in right field in a mixed league. So, you know, the NL only guys, they keep an eye on Angel Pagano, though he's always hurt. Gregor Blanco always finds his way on my team in an NL only for some reason because the Giants put him in and he produces. Mac Williamson is a, uh, a power-hitting prospect who can help out. So there are some players here, Panic, Duffy, a lot of NL only guys that they could utilize in San Francisco. Okay, next up is the Arizona Diamondbacks, another team that made some changes to the pitching staff. You added Shelby Miller, added Granke. Offensively, they're very similar to what they were. Okay, Wellington Castillo's behind the plate. He provided some pop last year. He's a 15 to 20 home run hitting catcher, which you got to like. Goldschmidt, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. We know who he is. He's one of the top three Bay players in baseball. Second base, Arizona looks like a situation where it's going to be uh, Chris Owings at the second base position. But you know what? There's, there's three for two here in the middle Chris Owings, Gene Segura, and Nick Ahmed. Uh, all three of these guys, I like Segura the best out of all of them. 
And then, to me, Owings, Ahmed, those are NL-only players. Segura, I trust in the mixed league. I like Segura this year. Uh, he dealt with family tragedy, gets out of Milwaukee, change of scenery, might be what's needed. So he heads over to Arizona and can have himself a nice year. Jake Lamb is going to play third base. Yusmani Tomas is not. Let's just say that. Uh, 25 years old. He was injured a good portion of last year with a foot injury. In 2014, though, when he made, came up, uh, gave Arizona enough to trust him. Uh, hit, hit in 2014. This is a guy in 2014 between three stops, double AA, A, triple A, and the majors. Hit 19 home runs. Drove in um, 95 RBIs between three stops. Hit uh, over 300 pretty much along the way in the minor league. So Lamb's going to play third base, take over, and he could provide a nice bat. Sneaky play in the mixed. Must own must own an NL only. Okay, the outfield. You've got guys like uh, uh, Yasmani Tomas in left. Peralta will play right. Pollock is in center. We know who Pollock is. He's a borderline first-round fantasy pick. Tomas is in left, but he's got Socrates Brito also breathing down his neck, a rookie. Take a look at Brito uh, and his numbers coming through the minor league system. Okay, <laughs> you look at Fangraphs, they love his name. I find that entertaining. Okay, but this is a guy last season, 34 plate appearances. He had 300 for them. In the minor leagues, though, you're looking at a speed type of player. 2015, stole 20 bases, hit nine home runs, and batted 300 with a 339 OBP. 2014, 10 homers, 38 steals, 293, 339 OBP. So he runs, gives you just a little flash of power, 10 home run power, score you some runs, give you batting average on base percentage. Could be sneaky in the mixed, must own in an NL only, as Arizona still sorts out that left field situation between him and the Cuban Yasmani Tomas. Peralta had a terrific season last year in right field, um, provides nice depth, double-double situation in right, and we know who Pollock is in center. He's a stud. There's no denying that. Staying in the uh, NL West as we wrap it up with just two more teams left, the San Diego Padres. Uh, two years ago, last season, this time last year, they were a darling of Major League Baseball making all sorts of moves. Well, that lasted one year, and now they're on a rebuild. Derek Norris will be behind the plate, uh, and then our only option at catcher. Will Myers is going to take over at first base, the former rookie of the year. Uh, they're taking him out of the outfield, moving him into the infield. Okay, um, he'll provide flexibility, first base outfield eligible. This is a guy who was a top prospect, and don't forget, okay, in 2013, when he finally got the call, he hit 13 home runs, drove in 53, and batted 293. 2014, and that was in 373 plate appearances. 2014, he struggled, six homers, 222. They ship him off to the Padres. Last year, eight homers, uh, 253, okay? He came out of the Royal system as a top, okay? When you look at 2013 combined, he had 27 home runs. He had 24, he had, I'm sorry, 37 in 2012. So this guy was at one point an elite power hitting prospect. He's now in San Diego, probably not getting enough love in mixed leagues. So I'll steal him for a few dollars in an NL only and see if he can provide me that 20 homer that he once showed off as a minor leaguer. Corey Spangenberg in second base. Uh, at shortstop, they have Alexi Ramirez, the former White Sox, 
and Solarte at third base. I actually like Solarte. I've owned him in a few leagues in years past, and in NL only has in the past provided flexibility and played in multiple positions. The outfield is a mess. John Jay, former Cardinal. Melvin, former BJ Upton in center. Can't trust him. Really don't even want him in an NL only if I don't have to. They're going to get at bats. Alexi Amarista is there as a backup. And then Matt Kemp is there in right field. I'm wondering what happened to Justin Upton and everybody else. And, you know, Matt Kemp is a power hitter. Doesn't run anymore. Um, Those days are gone. He's not the player he was with the Dodgers. Injury has taken its toll on him. Okay? But when you look at his numbers last season, 2015, he did end up with 25, uh, 23 homers and 100 RBIs last year for the Padres. I think people are perpetually down on Kemp because he's not what he once was, but the potential to drop, knock in 80 or 90 runs for the Padres, batting in the middle of that lineup, okay? Right now it looks like Solardo will lead off with Jay second, while Myers third and Kemp fourth. The lineup falls apart quickly behind them, okay? Uh, Upton is there. You got Travis Janikowski in the outfield, potentially. Uh, Amarista. So there's not much depth on this team. It's not very good, all right? And so Kemp's the key, really the best, and you could argue with me, the only mixed league option on this team would be Matt Kemp. Okay, and to wrap up my NL lineup preview show, we go to the Colorado Rockies. Now, Nick Humley is going to catch. He's a sneaky player. He can hit 300. He has benefited greatly from the air in Colorado. You saw that last year. Um, Again, the type of player, if you're willing to wait on the catchers, okay, um, Hundley could be a sneaky play, you know. You know, the truth is most catchers hit 230 and hit 15 to 20 home runs. Nick Hundley goes another direction. Last season for the Rockies, 10 homers, but he batted 301 with a 339 on base percentage. So when you're looking at your team and you say, oh, I need power, I need a catcher, I need power. All right, I'll grab Wilson Ramos. Oh, I need a catcher. I need batting average. Nick Hundley's like a Cervelli is a is a nice little option. First base, Ben Paulson, Mark Reynolds are there. Um, you don't love either one of them, but they'll come cheap in an NL only. Maybe a flyer late in the mix. Okay, Paulson last season for the Rockies did hit 11 home runs and bat 277. So he'll be the primary first baseman in that air there. Maybe he hits you 20 home runs. And I'll only you'll take that for a few dollars, potentially. Very late in the mix could be useful. DJ LeMay, who had a nice little season last year at second base. Trevor Story, young kid. He's going to take over shortstop this year for the Rockies while Jose Reyes is out. Um, you know, he was, at one point, the prospect that was going to take over for Tulowitzki. Big, athletic kid, 23 years old, okay? Contact rate has been rough at times when you look at his minor league numbers. Last season, he struck out 25% of the time. He still hit 277 with the 324 OBP. But there's a guy along the way in the minor leagues who at times has struck out over 30% of the time. Last season, between AA, though, and AAA, he hit 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, 22 steals, and hit about 280 combined. So... He's going to play shortstop. Uh, Jose Reyes, don't count on him. That's a mess of a situation. Wouldn't invest in him, not even late. Who knows? He comes back. When he comes back, what he'll be like, you don't know. Arenado, first-round pick at third base, 100 RBIs, 30 home runs. 
Gerardo Parra, sneaky player, useful in the outfield. We know Carlos Gonzalez, he's 30 home runs. Charlie Blackman is a very good ball player. Steal you some bases, do so, 15 home runs, steal you 30 bases. I like Charlie Blackman. Parra, who they brought over from uh, Baltimore, you know, terrific player, 28 years old, going into his prime years. Now, you look at last year between two teams. He's been on two teams each of the last two years. All right, last season, 2015, he hit 14 home runs, stole 14 bases, batted 291 with a 328 OVP. That 15-15 guy is super useful in a mix. All right, maybe he's not one of your top three outfielders, but he's useful. I like him as a starting outfielder in NL only. Obviously, he will have some value as the year goes on in the outfield in Colorado. So uh, I don't mind Gerardo Parra there at all. He's a good little ball player, that's for sure. All right, folks, we are out of time. That was one quick uh, one quick hour in which uh, we covered the National League. I know I went quick, but... Could have been here for hours if I kept talking and talking and talking. So thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, next weekend, uh, I'll be back, and we will look at week one. We'll look at some pitching matchups primarily. We'll talk about some lineup strategy for, for the first week of your fantasy baseball season. We'll look back at some of my drafts. I have three of them this week. I have the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show AL only with some of the best and brightest minds in the world of fantasy sports participating in that auction Monday night. So maybe we'll recap that. And then I've got a couple of other leagues later on in the week. So we'll talk about that next weekend. We will talk about uh, setting your lineup, looking at some pitching matchups, maybe some under-the-radar pitching matchups that you should consider utilizing uh, for your weekly fantasy baseball lineups. Okay, this has been fun. Don't forget to follow on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show and on Twitter at A Aniano Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Don't forget, you can hear me every Tuesday night on Roto Baller Radio as well. As Raf and I this week, this upcoming Tuesday, we'll finalize our preview shows talking catchers and uh, closers will be the topics. Head over to draftvalet.com, rotoballer.com. Check out the great info there on rotoballer.com. Great stuff as well. This has been fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy Easter. Have a good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.